0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Lingua Americana podcast. My name is Eli Cluzo, and on this podcast, we'll be looking at American immigrants and the lives and stories they've built here in the U.S., as well as the lives and stories they may have left behind in their home countries. Our first story is about a man named Joseph Terzin. Joseph is a shoe repairman who works in a little store tucked away in a corner of a strip mall in Buffalo Grove, Illinois. Sure. I brought brought a little croissant. It is tough to find Joseph's shop at first, as there is not a sign on the façade of the building, only paper letters taped to the inside of the window. i
1: just, I just make the coffee if you want it. Okay.
0: Well, you give Once you a find a shop, however, customers are always greeted with a cheerful hello, as Joseph appears from behind the so counter.
1: Are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Ça va bien. Ça va bien. Et toi? Moi ça va aussi. Ça yeah? bon. You know? I first
0: discovered Joseph shop uh, while doing some research uh, on shoe repair. Uh, on his uh, Yelp page in one of the reviews, someone mentioned that he had a diploma from a French shoemaking school. And as a French-language student, I was interested in having a conversation with this native speaker. I called him up, asked if I could have a petite interview with him, and I drove over with a few questions in a notebook.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, how can I say? that's a shoe score. That's a shoe school. Uh, I went there for six months every day. We work, and then uh, they teach you how to make shoes.
0: Nowadays, when I stop by Joseph's shop, he makes us coffee, and I bring him a croissant or some nice patisserie. And we talk about the past and the present, and about our lives and the week that we had. Yeah, younger than me. So how old are you? I'm 17. 17, mm-hmm. oh my God. <laughs> Joseph is an older gentleman.
1: In July, I'll be 88. 88. <laughs> He's old enough.
0: And he has some hearing issues. Sometimes I'll ask him questions and he mishears or doesn't understand. Did you like do speech therapy or something like that to lose the accent or?
1: Turk, no, no, I speak Armenian,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: Turkish I know a few words.
0: Okay. But to loo- But to lose your accent? But these occasional communication errors have actually ended up in some cool stories that have helped me learn more about Joseph. England and
1: France, they never be really good friends.
0: Yeah.
1: And then when I am here, I, they, they, they detect a French accent mm-hmm. that remind them de go and Churchill or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, uh, they have an attitude.
0: Right, right.
1: When they have an attitude, I don't think I keep mine.
0: Since our first meeting, I have stopped by Joseph's shop many times to talk and to have coffee and to learn more about France and shoemaking. However, I have learned the most about Joseph, about the stories of his life and his personal philosophy. As a man who is mixed with French, American, and Armenian culture, he has quite a unique story to tell.
1: My heart is Armenian. I'm I'm an Armenian. I got Armenian blood. I'm not going to deny it. I don't want to deny it anyway. Why should I deny it? And then uh, my thinking is French. Of course, I had to adapt to uh, United States way, because I came, I, I couldn't speak any English. So I started to study it. But I, I, I can hear good, and uh, I can change my, my thinking of life, because I had tough life. I was sleeping in igloo, I had been in avalanche, I had German machine gun on my belly, I had bomb over my head, Uh, I've been hungry, I've been afraid, and then uh, I come here and then I see life is not my experience. So of course I act a little bit different. And then if I act a little bit different, a lot of people don't understand why. They don't have to know why, but for them it looks, I look a little bit strange. Well, let's say I got maybe Europeans attitude.
0: Joseph has many stories about growing up in Europe, and many stories about his life as an immigrant. But before we get to all that, I want to walk you through Joseph's shop and his workspace in the U.S. Now,
1: if you come this way, you see the machine. This is the jack, you
0: know.
1: This is the finishing for the trim. Heel trim. This is the salt trim. Mm-hmm. This is the rough sandpaper.
0: Okay. Pass the paper lettering on the window of the shop is a little waiting area that is rarely occupied. On one side of the room, the walls are lined with old shoes that Joseph has collected over the years, $100 brand names selling for just a fraction of the list price. On the other side of the room are all your shoe accessories, varnish, polish, leather dye, as well as some belts and purses.
1: Here, when out, in here.
0: At the end of the room is Joseph's front desk, an old table with a cash-only register. And behind that is a shelf filled with shoe molds and parts, each label with a strip of colorful duct tape and Joseph's French scrawl.
1: And then when, when you press, you, take, you take the metal off the the high heel. Okay. And then put the new- in the
0: back room is where Joseph works. Ancient thousand dollar machines that have been out of production for years are still in use by Joseph, and each has its own special function in his eyes. To me though, they are only green and black antiques covered in machine grease. So
1: this is a McKay, this is the regular stitcher, this is the brush machine, okay. this is the solar. Long this is
0: Joseph used to make shoes, but it was a complex process that not many people asked for. Now he mostly does repairs, things like busted heels and falling apart soles. Okay.
1: That's, that's about uh, what it is for repair. This is a sewing machine.
0: However, Joseph doesn't just work on shoes all day. He also has a hobby, which is solar power and electronics.
1: Electronic, it's, uh, uh, you go too fast. I used to fix black and white TV. Then came the transistor. Then you have to switch your way of thinking. Then I had three kids. I didn't took welfare. I worked hard to raise them. Then I let them too much time go by the tube to the transistor. And then if you don't follow it from the beginning, it's too much gap to recuperate. So came the solar. So I took the solar because you start with it. But the progress goes so fast, then if you don't follow it, you get lost again.
0: Joseph uses solar energy to power the radio in his shop the one you can hear in the background of a lot of these audio clips. Underneath one of the halogen ceiling lights in the back room hangs two large solar panels, each hooked up to the radio on the shelf, it's giving it power. And the other... Yeah. <laughs> Turn the light off. See
1: those two panels, they need the light. And then make the radio work. Or uh, you charge the battery. Right. You make your radio work. You can... I I experimented a little bit because I don't want to put a fortune in it. Just the Mm idea. Because it makes you think. It makes you try something. But I'm not going to get no place.
0: Joseph started his hobby of electronics during World War II when he was just a teenager in France.
1: And then uh, when I was in France, I started to do semi electronic. Mm-hmm. So when the, during the war, mm-hmm. how can I say, when they were bombing against the German, they hit the airplane, things like mm-hmm. I used to go and then take all the electric and stop. Okay. Stuff. I used to steal it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, since I was a kid, the German didn't shoot me, otherwise if you, if you were an adult you won close to the airplane damaged by the shooting mm-hmm. shooter indeed. Okay. But we were a kid we was to
0: Joseph doesn't really remember much of the day to day happenings in his early childhood, but there are a few defining moments that he speaks of often, such as a wound he suffered during the German occupation of France.
1: See that I had I had things that normal people didn't had. You know you got a machine gun here. I, I'm 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 in the air. I'm light. I don't know what to do. The sound change. It, you're not yourself.
0: When you were hit in the stomach.
1: Yeah.
0: And you said that that was an accident, right?
1: No. During the war. I was 14. I had a German grenade in my buggy. I stole the grenade from the German to go fishing with it. Mm-hmm. See, you throw the grenade in the water, the fish come up. You're hungry. And then I passed the underground, I passed the German, I passed uh, the American tank, all the same day like that, with the German grenade. And nobody opened my buggy to see what's in it. When he put the machine gun here, the bullet came around. You you become a different person.
0: Joseph was also in an Armenian gang during his adolescence, and he's a bit regretful of all the trouble he stirred up during that time period.
1: See, when I was young, I was in a gang, Armenian gang, even, not French gang, Armenian gang. I used to fight all the time. And at that time, it was normal life, because I didn't know nothing else. Today, I I think I don't have to fight. But if I have to, I will fight. But I don't believe in fight. But at that time, you had to know how to fight. I had a slingshot; shot, I could get you anything. You know, you got those switch. Mm -hmm. In France, you know, the switch is up and down. Mm -hmm. With my slingshot, shot, I used to hit it.
0: Mm.
1: I had that in my pocket. We used to go gang against gang with a slang shot.
0: Joseph was too young to fight on the main lines of World War II, but he enlisted during the reconstruction of France after the main war. Um, What did you do in the army, in the French army? Ski.
1: (laughs) Ski, and then I was in Austria, occupation. But it was not really an occupation.
0: Uh, and was this uh, was this after the after World War Two you were in the army? Yeah. Okay.
1: I went in the army and uh, at that time the American used to tell uh, France what to do because the United States liberated France but they occupy France but they call it the mild occupation so they used to tell French what to do and uh, they put the military at two years, and then France was one year, and then when I finished it I came here and then registered to the Selective Army here, and they say you did one year or two years? I said I did 18 months active, one, six months report to the military base, closest military, she said you're in accordance with United States. You don't have to go here. But in case of war, they call you because you're a twin soldier. So they classify me here 5A.
0: Although Joseph makes light of his time in the army, it was likely a difficult period. France was desolated and war-torn from the violent German occupation, and their economy and leadership were in shambles. With their only source of support being from a distant U.S. ally, life in France was a bit desolate and lonely.
1: See that, I had the experience of the mountain. I won't do it today, but I sleep in igloo. I sleep in snow. Uh, I've been thirsty, I've been hungry, I've been afraid, I've been in avalanche.
0: After two years in the army, Joseph discharged as an older and more mature man. Although he doesn't explicitly say it, I feel like his harsh experiences in the army and during the occupation kind of woke him up and inspired him to do something with his life. A year after the army, Joseph went to shoe school and graduated in 1949 and he started working soon after. A few years after working in France he moved to the United States. Joseph had a chance to come to the US before the German occupation reached Valence, his village in the southern part of France. He declined the offer however and thus he had to live through the final rough years of the war.
1: Quand avez-vous déménagé aux États-Unis? How long?
0: 1955. <laughs> Et <shriek> pourquoi? Hm? Mm? Pourquoi
1: to? Well, uh, I got uncle here. I got family here. Oh, okay. You know, and uh, after the war, uh, two, two 19 uh, uh, after the war, my uncle asked my father, we got four kids. I don't have any. why don't you sing one over. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tell my father, no. I said, uh, I got a motorcycle. The sun, the sun is shiny,
0: mm-hmm.
1: What I need United States for? Mm-hmm. I was sixteen years old.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I, I didn't know United States out of the war. Right because we didn't have communication, you know, between Europe and United States. I was 25 years old, he asked again. But by that time, I learned about United States. Mm. I said, it's a free country, it's a democratic country. Mm. I go. Mm. Then I came when I was 25.
0: Nowadays, it is difficult for Joseph to remember what it was like when he was younger. He doesn't like to talk about the past or memories or what things look like because Joseph is a thinker. In stereotypical French form, Joseph has a philosophy on almost everything, thoughts and opinions that have been built up over a lifetime.
1: You see, me, I don't go to, I have my philosophy. My philosophy is based on what I live. I won't change it. Mm -hmm. I just don't care what people think of me anymore.
0: So now that you know a little bit about Joseph, and before we hear about his philosophy and the next part of his story, I want to talk to you about the French language. Language learning is a hobby of mine, and one of the main reasons why I started this podcast in the first place was to share this passion. I have been studying French for eight years now in school, and it's the language I have the most experience with. I also actively study Polish and Spanish, but really even just hearing about another language is an interesting and exciting experience for me. Although I'm not an expert in any of these languages, throughout these podcasts, I'd like to share some knowledge on language, culture, and history in general. It's fun for me to research and share this knowledge, and I hope it's fun for you guys too. Joseph had Armenian parents, but he was born and raised in France. Joseph spoke French in school and in his daily life, but at home, he spoke mostly in Armenian. Armenian is an amazing language that I knew little about before meeting Joseph, but let's first talk a little bit about French.
1: But you, you, la langue française elle n'est You learn French, but I don't know why.
0: Joseph has a particular philosophy on the French language that is very interesting, and it's actually quite similar to mine in a lot of ways. I'll let him explain.
1: You can go higher than anybody else in life on philosophy, even on scientific, even in uh, everything, but not in power. This country is bigger than United States, is more powerful than United States, uh, uh, than France. United States is more practical than France, mm. but it's not as v- the variety, the precision, the high level is France. Mm. I don't care what this, in my point of view.
0: And Joseph has a great point. French is one of the most widespread languages, with it being an official language in 29 countries worldwide, a number second only to English. It's also the second most widely spoken language in Europe, and because of this, many diplomats are required to be fluent in French in order to better communicate with this large part of the world. But Joseph thinks that French is necessary for the grand thinkers of the world, more so because it's such a complex and rich language.
1: Here, I go home. How can you say, i go home any other way? I'm leaving, I go, I go home.
0: Dans That's a formula. Yeah.
1: Right? But in French, you said, je vous quitte, je vais à la maison, je retourne à la maison. <laughs> uh, you see, you got many, uh, you can turn your phrase in a different way, the way you think. Because la conjugaison, Fournit plus de, de, de facilité le passé, l'anticipe, le présent, le futur. Uh, everything is there. Even the regular French doesn't understand everything either on, in France.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> in fact. Joseph sees the French language as so rich and beautiful that it permeates to the very soul of the person oh, cool. who speaks it. Mais
1: Wait. si en disons par docteur, philosopher, écrivain, you need the French language. Mm. Nothing else will replace it. Mm. But for business, you don't need French language. To be practical on the street, you don't really need high education, mm-hmm. but if you got uh, the French language and then you get used to it, you want it or not, you become sophisticated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because you see something easier, better, higher, Interesting. you know, it's, uh, the language is distinct. You can express yourself precisely.
0: Joseph likes to teach me some French from time to time as well, although I usually already know what he is talking about. However, it is nice to hear from a different perspective. Here is a little clip about the difference between formal and informal personal pronouns in French.
1: Je is me. Tu is tu. Now, if you, in France, if you don't know a person, you, you said vous.
0: Oui, j'ai, and... But if you
1: get uh, acquainted you say tu,
0: mm-hmm. simple, right? Tu is for friends, a vous is for strangers and elders. The first time I came to Joseph's shop and spoke French with him, I totally forgot to refer to Joseph in the vous form. But luckily for me, he is okay with that. Uh, je veux, um, you
1: can t- you, you can, uh, you can tutoyer me, tutoyer. Yeah, donc donc. You don't you don't have to say vous to me. But if you don't know the person. It's polite to say vous, okay. till you get acquainted with it, and then they accept you to say mm-hmm. tu, because tu, que tu que is more amical. Mm-hmm.
0: Je pense que le premier temps, j'ai oublié uh, parler avec vous. J'ai, j'ai dit beaucoup uh, de tu, uh, mais je j'ai, j'ai veux j'ai donner toi avec beaucoup de respect. Et oh, that's okay. Not. You can be amical with me. Okay, I'm then. not... Uh, I'm
1: not, uh, they
0: send that. Now, the Armenian part of Joseph's cultural heritage is one that I was really less familiar with. I first asked him to tell me about the Armenian language, as it was something I had never uh, even heard of before. What's what's the um, Armenian language like?
1: Oh, Armenian language is completely different. I don't know if I got something
0: to show you. Armenian is an Indo-European language, which means it is in the same general family as almost all European languages, ranging from Spanish to Persian. Armenian is most similar to Greek, but it is relatively independent, with its own alphabet and phonetics.
1: Indo-European. Oh.
0: The Armenian language is split into two dialects, the Western and Eastern Armenian language. This split occurred because the west side of Armenia was taken over by the Ottoman Empire, and the east side was ruled by the Russian Empire for a period of time. And this split led to a difference between the two languages. However, both dialects are mutually intelligible, which means that Western Armenians can generally understand Eastern Armenians and vice versa. What is that? Like, say, like, hello, my name is Joseph. Uh, hello
1: is Inspecies. Uh, in Inspecies. In species? In species. How are you? No, otherwise, how can I say... The table in Armenian is seran. Hmm. Uh, in Armenian, the coffee is sulj. In Turkish is haife.
0: Hmm.
1: uh How can I say, I know a couple words of Turkish, that's it. My parents used to speak Turkish, that way I won't understand. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, I used to catch it a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, Armenian is, uh, is, is... is different than Turk. The Turk is more cut with an axe. Mm.
0: Like I said before, Joseph doesn't really think much of the past, so he doesn't remember what Armenian dialect he speaks or much of his family history in Armenia. The thing that he thinks the most often of as part of his Armenian heritage Is the memory of the Armenian genocide.
1: just like if they said, uh, you you like the Turk? No, I said, I don't like Turk. But I don't hate them. Because I don't want hate in me. Because if you got hate in you, that hate eat you little by little. You don't even feel it. But I don't like Turk. Why? I have a reason. They killed my grandparents. They took... My parents land, that's why I don't like I have a reason not to like them. But I'm not going to say I, I, I like them because I'm afraid. Uh-uh, they gave me a gun, I shoot them. Why? Because I don't like them. But I don't hate them. I still believe there is good Turk people.
0: From a modern perspective, the Armenian genocide is really overlooked. It was the first modern genocide, and despite the fact that it occurred during World War I, Turkey still denies that it ever happened. It is surprising to me that this topic was never covered in my AP World History class or any of my history classes in school. It is a travesty that the memories of over a million Armenians are not receiving the recognition that they deserve.
1: Be nice with the European Union. They don't want them. European tell tell Erdogan, there's two things we don't like about you. One is you take religion out of your government, and second, how can we trust you when you deny the truth? Because they denied The Armenian general said one that there, there is proof, irrefutable proof that it happened. But, how can I say, for the for United States, it's not their problem if they make massacre the Armenians. They don't agree. They can do nothing about it.
0: Joseph also remembers the discrimination and mistrust his parents received as Armenians in France. And his thoughts and opinions on this subject is a great transition back to Joseph's life and philosophy. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) But how can you say, Uh, I'm Armenian. Mm -hmm. My parents couldn't speak good French. And uh, when they came in France, they had discrimination. But me, I don't have a discrimination because I have the French accent. I speak French like Frenchmen. Mm There's no difference, so I had to come on front each time and then defend my parents. So when here, <laughs> they make I feel that, that discrimination, it makes me angry, because I got already too much, it's even that little bit on top of what I had is too much, but if I didn't have that discrimination there, I will probably won't worry about the one here. That's why sometimes, sometimes they wanna make me feel where you form from or this or that. I just tell them, I say, you're the son of a foreigner. Yeah. You know, the foreigner made this country. See, I don't wanna talk like that. But uh, you have to stop them. If they don't understand one way, mm-hmm. you have to try the second time. The second, they don't understand. You have to tell them the third time, but the third time is not better than the first time. <laughs>
0: You see, Joseph is really quite a deep guy. He has had lots and lots of time to think about his life from multiple angles and in multiple languages, and he has a well-thought-out view on almost everything, from modern relationships.
1: The American girl, usually, in my point of view, the American girl, they're more pretty than the French girl. But they're not as feminine. Mm. The American girl, she's not feminine. She's like the man. She don't like something, she tell you, I feel. But the French girl won't say that. Hmm. She will think it, but she won't say it. And they make believe that uh, the man is the boss, but she's the boss.
0: To sports and athleticism.
1: The group. See, uh, if you take Michael Jordan, he's a good man, I believe it. Now, uh, to me... There is no interest for me, because he's so tall, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. He's got all 10 or 11 guys helping him to take that ball and push it in the basket when he can almost touch the basket without (laughs) jumping too high, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, if we put the ball in the basket one time, or we put the ball in the basket one million times, (laughs) the result is the same. Is putting the ball in the basket.
0: But the thing Joseph thinks about the most is discrimination and how others should be treated. To Joseph, everybody can't be the same thing, so it doesn't matter what religion a person is, what politics they follow, or how much money they have. The only thing that matters to Joseph is if they are nice or not.
1: I don't have to know. I can ask you, what you think in politics. You tell me I believe this, I believe that. I'm not even if I'm not, if I don't agree with you. It's normal that you think that because you didn't have the same experience. You don't think the same thing I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe you're wrong. But if things don't damage me, I don't care.
0: He is a firm believer in altruism, and he is against suffering in all forms, even if it is someone that he doesn't like.
1: Now, if I see somebody is hungry, I don't like that person. But I know that he's hungry. I give him half of my sandwich. But I won't give him all my sandwich. But even if I don't like him, I give it to him because suffering, his suffering, does nothing to nobody.
0: And it's not just talk either. Joseph is generous to me and his customers all the time. Wanted to.
1: Well, if you got. See, I didn't have my. my, You want half of my sandwich?
0: No, I'm all right. Eh?
1: No, I'm good. You sure? Yeah. See, I, I'm not a big eater.
0: Yeah.
1: You wanna give you a No, I'm
0: not worried. You sure? Yeah. But Joseph isn't a pushover. He's not an enduit, as you'd say in French. He always sticks up for himself, and the customer is not always right.
1: And then, uh, I don't like to see people suffering. It doesn't mean that I won't hit somebody. They push me, I I I will kill not to be killed. I don't care what anybody said. I don't care how good I can be. But uh, killing is wrong. I agree with you, but I'd be wrong to save my life. But even my enemy, I, I teach them a good lesson, but I don't teach him death or suffering. Because that and suffering bring me nothing.
0: Joseph also has a temper that comes out from time to time. When people come into his shop and try and point out his age or his nationality, he has no patience. But other
1: one, they bring their crab here. You know, they get mad outside and they try to pick it on me. I'm a little old man with an accent and they pound on me. That's what I don't take. Then I am not a nice man then. Because I don't wanna be a nice man. I wanna be like dear. Because they shoot
0: at you like you He has even had the police come to a shop in the past due to arguments with customers.
1: Just to pound them here. You know how many times I had the police in my shop? Oh, how come? Because I tell them what I think. I don't care. I fight, but they push me too far. And they say, who is going to tell me that? I was born in this country, he's telling me that? We're going to fish this guy.
0: But now just just because of what you said? Yeah.
1: Now they don't because they know what I think. They know that they make me mad.
0: But even though Joseph has all this anger inside of him sometimes, he believes the most in the power of forgiveness.
1: I had a lot of things in my life. I beat up guy, this, that, I don't know what. They still don't have grudge against me. I said, but how come? I said, I beat you up. I was against you all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then my, he said, no, that wasn't you. I said, for heaven's sake. I said, who was it? I said... That was the street where you live in it. See, that guy knew me. He knew me well, he knows that what I do is not what I think. I think I do it because I'm in in a gang in the street, and then I'm young, I don't know what I'm doing. It's just like if I play with you, and then we box or something, and I hit you. Even if I hurt you, you don't get mad at me because we're playing, right? Mm-hmm. But if I hit you and then I, uh, for a reason, then you don't take it. You see my point? Mm-hmm. Well, there was a lot of people, I fight with them, I did bad things to them, This, but they didn't get mad at me really because they know that I didn't want to do that. I did it, but I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm.
0: This ties in with Joseph's religious beliefs too. Joseph is a Christian and he is proud of it. And he often likes to point out that Armenia was the first country to officially adopt Christianity. It doesn't mix. Le, le pays de Arménien, Arménie, Albania, c'est, c'est le le religion de la paix, c'est christianité dans Albania.
1: Armenia is c'était c'est le premier pays qui a adopté la chrétienté. Three hundred years after Jesus, the country is completely Christian, one, one of the first countries that adopt Christianity. Now you had Christian before, in Rome or here and there, but the, c- c- the country was not Christian, you had Christian in it, but Armenia adopted Christianity totally in 300 years after Christ. Hmm.
0: However, Joseph has his own take on religion. He kind of mixes the concepts of karma with the concept of heaven and God. And he doesn't believe in a hell because he just doesn't see a point to that.
1: To me, you follow Christ and then you ask forgiveness to God because you have to ask forgiveness for your sin. Then you have eternal life.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You you cannot do everything Christ wants me to do. I can't. It's not possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, um, if you don't follow Christ, the punishment is death. Once you're dead, it's no use to burn. What for?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then uh, there's two ways. Or you follow Christ, or you die. Now the hell, maybe I'm wrong. Why punish somebody because it was bad? They ain't gonna change anything. So I don't know what I am in, in a religious way. I don't know what to think, that's what I think. If I see somebody, he needs help, I help him. If he's hungry, I give him half of my sandwich. Uh, if he did something bad to me, I, I do the same thing to him. Uh, I might hurt him, I teach him a good lesson, but I don't wish him suffering or death because that will do no good to me. It's better if it didn't happen, but it happened. So next time, leave me alone. But taking revenge, I don't believe too much in that either.
0: Even though he doesn't go to church or believe in the more common aspects of Christianity, Joseph takes his religious beliefs personally and combines them with his more general spirituality and philosophy
1: complicated life life uh, is simple but we complicate life and uh, uh, we're cheating and then you're gonna pay that cheating but you don't know when or how but you pay it in somehow see' so, The mystery is, as I said, you got the compass, it shows you the North. Mm -hmm. There's a magnetic field. You don't see it, you don't hear it, you can't touch it, but the magnetic field is there. Christianity is the same way. It's a belief you got that you don't see. And there is not everybody that's going to follow it, because that magnet not going to take the silver, the gold. It's got to be ferrous material to be attracted by the magnet. And then it's just like somebody who's got a horizon. He's got his opinion. He's got his ID. That thing exists, but you don't see it.
0: In religion, in business, and in his day-to-day life, Joseph works in a similar way. He is kind and forgiving to everyone. And if someone wrongs him, he asks them to leave and refuses any further discussion. To me, this mentality of his is something that has been created from his European background, the discrimination and rough times he has faced in the past, as well as from the fact that he is too old to really care anymore. He calls it his European attitude. And although he is proud of this European attitude, I feel like Joseph sometimes thinks that his philosophy is a bit much for this day and age. To me, however, as someone who is a grandson of a Greek immigrant, I have been raised with many of the same values that Joseph elaborates on, to him, it might be a European attitude, but to me, a lot of the time, it just sounds like common sense.
1: Somebody comes is nice with me, I'm nice, but if they push it, I cut it. I don't have to go through what they want me to think because they don't think what they want me to think, it's going to be just for their own interest
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then. People know me maybe for 20 years in this neighborhood. you know. So even if I get mad, they don't care because they know me. But in the beginning, if I have a European attitude, they don't like it.
0: I like it. Well, <laughs> I can
1: actually like this. Uh, it's something, you know, it's just like you 17 to 88. There's a big gap in between, you know? <laughs> There's a huge gap in between.
0: Can you can you can you keep it so well, you know, I'll come by tomorrow. Can I come yeah. by tomorrow and then I'll check and then you can yeah, show Yeah, then me. I have
1: to put them under press. OK. See, I put
0: As of recent weeks, me and Joseph have been swapping knowledge to some extent. We still have coffee and talk, but sometimes I get the opportunity to learn a bit about shoemaking by him teaching me directly or by just watching him work.
1: Because you have to chase the air out. All right. If you leave the air in it, uh, the soul going to come loose.
0: He has given me a pair of shoes that I'm currently stretching and resoling for my girlfriend, and that process has been really cool. He
1: got brother, Prado.
0: We also talk a lot about music, as we share an interest in jazz and Latin American artists.
1: He composes music too. Mambo 5, Mambo 8, mm-hmm. Mambo Jumbo. And then, uh, singer, I don't like too much singer. Mm-hmm. The, the, the guitar... Uh, you got some guitar, but you got some Spanish music.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're nice with guitar.
0: I'll tell him about my band or about new jazz groups that I like, and how I improvise when I play guitar. It's a little tricky to do in French, but I think he gets the gist of it. donc quand je it's good. Yeah. Quand je joue, et je, j'écoute de la le, le, le note centre de la musique, la note complète, c'est comme ça. Et donc. Euh, oh, je, Yeah, et donc euh, je joue avec ces notes ici. Tu
1: joues mal dans la musique.
0: Joseph is also a pretty good guitarist himself, at least for a beginner. No, I never, I never play. You want to try? No, I can't. I, I, I got.
1: I, I can't. I can't play. I can't play at all.
0: little mixtapes. Joseph has given me some old mixes that he used to listen That's to in the car, starting. soundtracks filled with Glenn Miller and other old jazzy tunes. These are the tapes. Thank you.
1: I'm not, I don't think you're gonna like them. No, I'm sure i like them. Because I know I got a different taste.
0: No, I like, I like the, the stuff. I, like the I got a taste. different
1: taste. Oh! I can see, I never seen a saxophone mm-hmm. make those attack, yeah. You know, he looks, he almost confuses with the trumpet.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
1: You know, because uh, you cannot make attack like that. But he does it with the saxophone. And then he's got about four of them, and they go all together. Oh, they were all together
0: I am currently in the process of making him a CD of his own with some of my favorite songs on it although I'm afraid that joseph's tastes are a little too mature for some of today's modern music
1: I don't I don't see no uh, harmony, not at all. Yeah. Sometimes they, they sing, it's just like a straight bar to me, it's just word after word, otherwise you see 80% of the song, I love you, I want you, I need you, baby 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 baby, mm-hmm. you know? But you feel a lot of garbage
0: unfortunately Joseph is considering closing the shop soon he doesn't make too much money and he is tired it would be a shame to see such a fine craftsman retire luckily for me though he has invited me over to his house often so we can still talk and learn I look forward to many more conversations with Joseph and more visits filled with talk about life France, and, of course, shoes.
1: What for that little thing? You charge me eighteen dollars. I say, yes, ma'am. What are you for? It's from But that is not the question I'm asking you. I say, ma'am, I'm sorry, but I answer you in the best of my knowledge. If you think, then you think, then I'm a dummy. I'm going to answer you a dumb question because I've been online, see?
0: Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of Lingua Americana. If you have any thoughts or criticisms or feedback of any type, please email me or contact me in some way. I have, always have open ears for any sort of comments, so please let me know. You can contact me directly at elikluzo at gmail.com. That's spelled E-L-I-K-L-U-I-S-Z-O at gmail.com. A special thank you to Brian Hensley, who let me borrow the recording device used in this podcast. The, it's a handy Zoom recorder. It's really helpful for this kind of um, on-the-spot recording stuff. Uh, also, thank you to my dad, who showed me how to use the voiceover recording stuff that I'm using right now as I record this voiceover. And thank you of course to my French teachers over the years, uh, Madame Krop, Madame Fritz, and uh, Mr. Snyder. Um, Thank you so much for teaching me this lovely language and for helping me out so much in learning. Uh, I really really appreciate it, and it's given me so many opportunities like this one, so thanks a lot. And also everyone, keep in mind that Joseph's store is not closed yet, so if you need a shoe repaired from a certified Frenchman, check out Joseph's Shoe Repair. His shop's name is literally Joseph Shoe Repair. You could type it into Google and you could check out his illustrious Yelp page. Lots of good reviews there. And, you know, there's lots of audio clips and stories that I wasn't able to include in this podcast. And there's certainly stuff I've never even heard before from Joseph. So if you go over there, you'll probably get a shoe repair professionally, as well as a wonderful story to take home with you in your heart. (laughs) All music except for the music on Joseph's mixtape was recorded and composed by me, Eli Clouseau. I did the editing, sound design, and recording for this podcast. Thank you so much again, everyone, and thanks for listening.